Here comes Riddell Jones. Three seconds, two seconds. Riddell all the way outside to Watford. Three on the way. Oh! And one in! And one in! And Indiana wins the ball game! I think Peyton's going to watch. Intercepted! Colts are going to the Super Bowl! Comes George, got the step and scoffs one move and counts in the foul. He beat LeBron James. Steps in. Puts Pettis. And they're saying he is in. What a good win for the Hoosiers, baby. 7 0. On to the next one at Rutgers. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to DW Sports. I am your host, Will Feller, of course. Glad to see you all back on DW Sports. Big sports weekend, man. World Cup. IU is on playing at Rutgers. Got a lot of good uh, college basketball games on. A lot of good NFL games on. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, basically, as a whole, more so IU, more than anything, to be honest, the Colts, I'm, I'm done with them. I, I'm going to be completely honest, every single show in Indiana talks about the Indianapolis Colts. I think you guys have heard enough about them. Briefly, the Colts, if I were to say anything about them, is obviously we need receivers, we need a quarterback. And we need O-linemen. Our defense is fine. Our offense is not. That's literally all I got to say about the Colts. The defense is fine. Offense is not. They sit at a 4-7-1 record. Horrible. No chance of making the playoffs. I hope they lose every game. That way we can get a good draft pick. But other than that, I'm going to be discussing the World Cup a little bit as well as IU right after the break. So, if you're not following our social medias, make sure you do that, man. That's how you're going to keep up with the show. Our Instagram and Twitter is at DW Sports with two S's on the end. Our Snapchat and TikTok is at DW underscore sports. Our email is DWSportsShow at gmail.com. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go sub to our YouTube. And if you're listening on the YouTube and you're not subbed somehow, Make sure you hit the sub button and hit the bell so you know whenever we upload. Go follow the social medias during the break. I'll be right back to discuss my Indiana Hoosiers and the World Cup. See you guys in a second. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. My football or soccer knowledge, people in America call it soccer, but most people overseas call it football. For purposes of the show and viewers of the show, I'm going to call it soccer because football in America, we think of the NFL, college football, right? So for those purposes, I'm going to say it's soccer, but I totally respect the people that call soccer football. I really don't have an opinion on it. I just call it soccer because of the NFL. In college football, high school football, all of that jazz that nobody else really has. 
but uh, I, I was saying though that I really have very, very little soccer knowledge. I don't watch soccer that much, not because I don't like it, because we live in the United States of America. Most people here live in the USA, as do I, I live in the USA. And it's very, very hard for me to watch, you know, La Liga where Messi's in or the English Premier League, any of those leagues overseas because, one, American television doesn't show soccer games overseas that much at all. Like, I've checked to see what club games I could get after the World Cup, and none of them were on TV. But not only that, if they were, they're, they're early. They're like 5, 6 a.m. I'm not that dedicated to soccer. I'm not even that dedicated to to American football or basketball to where I'd wake up at five or 6 a.m. to watch a game. Like, I'm just not. You could, you could, the only time you'd catch me waking up that early in the morning to watch a game would be like a playoff game. If the Pacers are in the finals or a, a game seven of a playoff series or the Colts are in the Super Bowl or the AFC championship game, something like that, you know what I mean? But other than that, you would not catch me waking up for a game. I do wake up for London games because it's at, what, 9.30 a.m., so that's not that bad. 5, 6 a.m., like some of the World Cup group games have been on at 5 a.m., and you're not going to catch me doing that. And then our West Coast friends, the group stage, some of the games in the group stage have been at 2 a.m. for them, so that that's crazy as well. If you're a West Coaster and you're waking up at 2 a.m. to watch the World Cup, Props to you. Props to you. Or maybe you're not even getting up at 2 a.m. Maybe you're just staying up until it's 2 a.m. But if you're watching the whole game, then you have to stay up till at that point, it would just be an all-nighter, which I can guarantee you that nobody stayed up for every 5 a.m. or 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. game, wherever you're from in the US. Because it just doesn't happen because it's time zone. So it's whatever. But I really watched that much of the group stage. I've learned a lot about soccer and like the players and stuff. Really, I'm going to be talking about the U.S. because my knowledge on other teams is very minimal. I'm not going to go into depth about, you know, players on different teams because I don't know that much. I never played soccer. I've never watched soccer that much. So it's whatever. But from what I've seen from the U.S., I think we're going to lose on Saturday, tomorrow, to be honest. And that's not an insult to the U.S. I just think the Netherlands is a lot better country for soccer in general. I'm unsure if Gakpo is playing for the for Netherlands. I'm not entirely sure, but he's going to be a struggle to deal with. Matt Turner, I question if he is World Cup ready. He started playing soccer at 17. And just to put that in perspective, I'm 17 years old right now. I turn 18 next month. So, me starting to play soccer this year, I could never imagine me starting this year playing soccer, like a few months ago in the fall, and then in less than 10 years being on the World Cup team or the national team. Like, no, I I cannot do that. Some goalkeepers that you see in the World Cup are absolutely incredible. And Matt Turner, don't get me wrong, has been absolutely incredible too. What, 0-0 tied England? Everybody was talking about how how many goals England was going to beat the U.S. by. Nobody was talking about the U.S. winning or they call it a draw in soccer, not a tie. My apologies. 
Nobody was talking about a USA victory or a draw. They were talking about how many goals is England going to win by three, four, five, six? Because people thought that England was going to absolutely obliterate the U.S. To be honest, though, that's kind of embarrassing for England. Think about it. Take all the basketball players born in America. So you got like LeBron, KD, um, Steph Curry. Like you literally got, besides some like superstars in the league, Luka, Giannis, Joel Embiid, all those guys are not born in America. Jokic, not born in America. But it's like almost like the Olympic team. Take the take the USA Olympic team and put them up against England's basketball Olympic team, and they tie. That's kind of what it is in soccer. Like the US should destroy the England national team for basketball. Shouldn't even be close. That's what people were talking about. What it was going to be like in the England game. Harry Kane, great player, didn't do anything. He had one header that I thought was a pretty decent look at it. It was not directed towards the goal. Uh, I feel like that the way his body was positioned, Harry Kane probably wishes he could have got another crack at it because his body was positioned in the correct way to score. Uh, Just not directed towards the goal. It was just off. I think it was towards the left. It went wide left of the goal. But uh, Matt Turner, 0-0 for England, 1-1 against Wales against a uh, penalty kick. And then, obviously, Iran was 1-0. So Matt Turner is literally allowed one goal. And to be honest, I don't know if he was even – I watched the game where Wales scored their goal. But to be honest, I don't know if Matt Turner was in. I wasn't paying attention because I remember I was doing something outside And then I came in, and I kind of just stood there. Like, I wasn't sitting down on the couch. I kind of just was standing up and watching the the game, and I saw that they scored. And so I don't know if Matt Turner was subbed out because he's not a penalty kick goalie. I know soccer subs in people specifically just for that. So I don't know if he was even in the game. If he wasn't in the game, then he's allowed zero goals so far. And Netherlands is going to be another test. I just think the U.S.'s problem is they can't score right now. They, Christian Pulisic had to put his body on the line to score against Iran, okay? And against Wales, I turned it on when we were up 1-0. And so I don't even know who scored against Wales. It might have been Wea, maybe. But I saw Pulisic's goal in class. Dude sacrificed his body. And... That's that's what it's gonna take to beat Netherlands. They're gonna have to go all out, no matter how tired, no how, no matter how tired, no matter how beat up they are. These boys are gonna have to bring it. They're gonna have to put their bodies on the line, and they're gonna have to step up. If the United States brings in subs and they sell the game, I'm gonna be mad because when Felicit got hurt last game and the United States started subbing in people, a lot of the substitutes multiple times almost let up a goal. Like there were multiple times where I thought Iran had a great crack at a shot and either Matt Turner was being the goat and saving it or their shot was just off target or 
one of our players stepped in right before they took a shot and stole it. Iran had so many opportunities at the end of the game to score and tie it up. Obviously, if they tied it up, U.S. would have been eliminated. They had so many opportunities, and the U.S. still hung on. And That's what I worry about Netherlands. Netherlands is deeper than us. They're more top-heavy than us, meaning their, their best players are better than our best players. Gakpo, for example, is their best player compared to, I would say, Christian Pulisic is our best player. And he is not better than Gakpo. Christian Pulisic plays for Chelsea, and he doesn't even get in the game that much versus we're in the stage now where a lot of the teams were playing their starters for top-tier club teams. I don't know who Gakpo plays for, but I'm sure he plays somewhere where he starts and plays. I was interested to see uh, how Portugal was going to turn out today. Cristiano Ronaldo and them, they lost actually to South Korea 2-1. to one. Surprised me, but they're in no matter what. I think they won two games before that. It was their third and final game. Didn't really matter, but they won. One thing that I, I never saw when I was a kid, again, because I don't watch soccer, I've never seen Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi play um, on TV because I know how great both of them are. I know that debate in soccer for Messi versus Ronaldo is like the Jordan versus LeBron debate. Like, so many people lean towards Messi. So many people lean towards Ronaldo. I was doing a bit of research last night about them. I, you know, goals, assists, all that stuff. I know Messi has one more balloon, de, uh, balloon de tour, whatever balloon. I, I don't know how to say that last word in French, but that balloon D apostrophe award, he's won seven. He's won the most and Ronaldo is not far behind at all, but I was, it was cool to see Ronaldo play a little bit today. He didn't really do much. He was kind of just running around, but just kind of if you're from a different country and you're like, I want to see LeBron James play, just kind of seeing LeBron run around the court, it's kind of cool to see just the impact he's had on the game and stuff. So that was that was interesting for me to see. But my, my prediction for the World Cup is Netherlands 2, U.S. 0. The U.S. can't really score. They struggle to score. Again, no goal scored against England, one goal scored against Wales, one goal scored against Iran. I'm not worrying about our defense. I think that the Netherlands forwards have the ability to score. And it's going to be the toughest task that we've had to stop on defense all year. These young guys are going to start going up against veterans who have played two, three World Cups. And some it could fall apart. If everybody does their job well, could we still lose? Absolutely. We have a team of young bucks trying to battle against the absolute best players in the world. And if we get past this round to the round of eight or the elite eight, I call that a W for us. And then if we get to the elite eight, we can beat Argentina if Argentina wins. Like, we can beat them. And then we go to the final four. And just, yeah, it's going to go downhill from there. The two teams in the World Cup that I think there's absolutely zero chance the U.S. could be. Actually, there's three teams. There's three teams in the World Cup. I think that if the U.S. played, there's absolutely no chance that they'll beat France, Brazil, 
and Portugal. And, and you're probably saying, oh, Portugal, Portugal. Portugal is better than us, okay? Let's not get it twisted. The USA is not better than Portugal. And, I, you, know, Amer- you know, the World Cup makes Americans all patriotic and stuff. I get patriotic watching the games because every time we win, you know, you got Bleach Report and Overtime and ESPN and Sports Center posting the U.S. and everybody gets so patriotic about it. When we tied with Eng- or when we had a draw with England, whole country was patriotic because there, there was no chance we were going to win or no chance we were going to draw. We were just supposed to lose. So it was great to see how uh, patriotic the country is. America gets so patriotic whenever the U.S. plays, and I love seeing that. And I like being patriotic watching games, but let's be honest. France, Brazil, Portugal, we have no chance. We have no chance. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that at all. These United States players are going to play on the same national team for two to three more World Cups. Christian Pulisic, 24 years old. Weston McKinney, 24 years old. World Cups every four years. They're at least playing in two more, right? That only makes them 32 years old. I would think even three more. I mean, Ronaldo is playing at 37 right now. I don't know. There could always be injuries and all that stuff, but I think it's safe to say that both of those players, two key players on our team, are going to play in at least two more World Cups for us. Unless they decide to, you know, go be a citizen somewhere else and go play for that country, but I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll play for the U.S. My... But my prediction, man, is, yeah, Netherlands 2, U.S. 0. It's going to be a good run for us. I think the game will be interesting, but I think that Gakpo and the Netherlands are just too good, just better than us. People say, because they're patriotic, they're like, oh, well, we could beat Netherlands. We could beat – now, I actually agree we could beat Argentina. I agree we could beat Argentina. I think that – Argentina is worse than Netherlands. So if we beat Netherlands, I think we have a better chance of beating Argentina than we would beating Netherlands. I agree with that. But when teams, when people are talking about the USA can go out there and they can, France and Brazil, they have these weaknesses and these weaknesses. Okay. The U.S. has weaknesses too. I love how you're being patriotic about America and you want the U.S. to win the World Cup. I think we all do. But the fact of the matter is the U.S. has never won the World Cup before. And the fact of the matter is Brazil and France have four or five players on their team, both that are better than our best player. Portugal has at least two or three players on their team that's better than our best player. Right. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I would love to see us go on a miracle run and just play lights out and win this World Cup. Obviously, I would absolutely love that. But I don't see it happening. My prediction is Netherlands moves on. Netherlands goes to the Final Four, beats Argentina, and so on. I, my, then my overall prediction is I think Brazil wins the World Cup. France won it in 2018. It's kind of hard for me to pick them back-to-back, even though they are one of the best teams in the world. My, predict, my prediction, though, is Neymar and Brazil will get a World Cup title this year in Qatar. Hopefully that was um, 
logical enough for you guys. I know I don't know that much about soccer, but U.S. patriotic Americans, woohoo! Netherlands game, 10 a.m. Saturday. Tune in on to IU. IU is a top five team in the country. No questions. Top five team in the country. This college basketball season, I know the sample size that we've had in games have been little. However, from what I've seen so far, there's not a single team in college basketball that can't be beat or is just miles ahead of everybody. I mean, think about it. Baylor and Gonzaga in 2020, the COVID year, where they played the championship in Indianapolis, Baylor ended up winning. Guess what? Baylor and Gonzaga were by far the top two teams that year. By far. Wasn't even close. Gonzaga, I think, had lost. I think they were undefeated. Yeah, because I, 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 I know I wanted Baylor to win because Gonzaga was undefeated. And if they won the championship, IU, their 1976 team, their record would be broken by Gonzaga, who played a bunch of cupcakes. And Baylor ended up beating them. Was Gonzaga so good that year? Heck yeah. But Baylor was probably slightly better. Those two were by far the best two teams in 2020. 2021 was a bit different. Uh, I don't think there was anybody that really stood out. I, not 2020. Well, 2021-2022 season uh, where – Kansas won it all last season. There wasn't necessarily a team that stood out, but there were a few teams last year to where I was like, these boys are going to be super, super tough to beat, such as Duke with Paulo Bancaro and all those cats and Coach K's last year. North Carolina, during the tournament, was hot. They were an eight seed, so during the tournament, they were really, really hard to beat. In the regular season, not so much. Kansas was a great team last year. National champions, they that team last year would be miles ahead of any team this year. This season, it's different. The only team that I see like that right now, the one that's close, is probably Texas. Number two team in the nation, Houston. They played Kent State close. Number one in the nation, get out of here. I think Texas should be number one, especially after beating Number seven, Creighton, last night. Texas will fall, though, eventually. I'm not worried about anybody going undefeated this season. But those Hoosiers, man, they're a top-five team. No questions asked. I think that the top-five teams this year – I got to think about this a sec. Texas, in no particular order, my top-five teams is Texas – I've got I got Arizona as a top five team this year. Indiana. I got Duke. Yeah, I said it. I got Duke as a top five team. I believe in Duke. So Texas, Indiana, Duke. Uh, who else did I say? Um, Texas, Indiana, Duke. And I would say Arizona. And then my fifth one, if I were to say anybody, I would probably say – I probably would say Houston. 
Although I don't think they're number one. I do like Marcus Sasser, absolute demon. Kelvin Sampson, their head coach, is a great head coach. He probably would have won IU a championship if he didn't get fired because he cheated. But those are those are my top five. And then out, right outside of it, I have like Kentucky, North Carolina. North Carolina is still a good team. I know they're number 18 and they just lost their third straight game. North Carolina is still a good team. You can't tell me that the team ranked number one in the preseason is a bad team. Their team went to the championship last year, for God's sake. And they returned almost their whole roster. Baycott, love, R.J. Davis, right? Only person, uh, Leaky Black's there. Only person they lost that's really an impact player for them last year, a key, key guy was Brady Manick. And who they replaced him with? Probably a guy that was a little better than Brady Manick, Pete Nance. Like, this team is not a bad team at all. The reason why they lost in Assembly Hall is because them boys were fired up to play in front of the home crowd, in front of the NBA scouts, in front of the recruits. There wasn't a chance we were losing that game. There was no chance. We go play that game in Chapel Hill, we're losing that game by double digits as well. But in Assembly Hall, there's not a chance, dude. Assembly Hall is the best college basketball atmosphere. And I say atmosphere because top five college basketball stadiums is different from atmosphere. If we're talking about stadiums, you know, you could throw somebody like New Mexico in there in the pit because of how their stadium is designed. Atmosphere, I use number one. I don't know how people say there's a better atmosphere than Assembly Hall in big games. And even not in big games, there's still a huge turnout, especially this year now that we're good. If I were to rank my top five college basketball venues for atmosphere, number one is Assembly Hall. Number two is Allen Fieldhouse, Lawrence, Kansas. You will find the Indiana Hoosiers traveling to play at Kansas, and I can almost guarantee you will lose there because that place, Allen Fieldhouse, in the fog is going to be rocking, rocking. IU doesn't stand a chance when we play at Kansas. Trust me, we won't win that game. Number three, Mackey Arena, Purdue. Even as an IU fan, do I tell a lie on the show? Do I? I mean, I give Purdue credit on the show. Purdue's a good team this year. Do I think they're top five good? No. Do I think they're top 20 good? Yeah, probably. They're not top five, though. They had two big wins, but I think they'll lose a few games in the Big Ten that they're not supposed to. I could see them losing like a Minnesota or like a Northwestern, somebody like that. Because they're just young. There's no problem with that. They're still a talented team. Not nearly as good as last year's team they had, but they're still a solid team. And Mackey Arena, I got is number three. So that's two stadiums in Indiana that are in the top three. In 49 states, it's just basketball. In Indiana, it's more than basketball, man. My top five venues, one, Assembly Hall. No place like it. If you haven't been to Assembly Hall, you need to go to it, especially for a big game. And if you go to a big game at Assembly Hall, 
where the students are rocking, the boosters are standing up. We have a theme like we had Wednesday, Wyatt out in North Carolina. You can't say there's a better atmosphere than that. So number one, I got Assembly Hall. Number two, Allen Field House in Kansas. Place goes absolutely berserk in big games. And Kansas fans are super passionate, just like Indiana fans. Number three, I got Purdue. Even as an IU fan, I give them credit. Mackey Arena is no place you want to mess with. Purdue Boilermaker fans get loud. The paint crew gets loud. No doubt about it. Purdue is one of the top three hardest places to play in the country. Number four, I got Cameron Indoor Stadium. And the reason they're so low is because they're so small. My high school gym is bigger than Cameron Indoor, and that's not even a lie. It legit is. And so when you have such a small stadium, the sound gets packed in, so it gets louder. Whether you like it or not, though, Cameron Indoor is loud. And then number five, the third Indiana Stadium, Hinkle Fieldhouse. Don't give me any of that rough arena. Don't give me any of that carrier dome. Don't give me any of that Dean Smith. No. Tell you why you don't think Butler's loud, because you've never been there. You don't watch Butler games, bro. They're, they're a school of 5,000, 6,000 kids who love their basketball. Hinkle Fieldhouse is number five. So IU is a top five team in the best atmosphere at home in the country. I think we should at least make the Sweet 16 this year, right? I'm never going to sit up here and say, oh, I think we're guaranteed a Final Four. No. If you ever say that your team is guaranteed Final Four, you've clearly never watched March Madness in your life. Clearly. Because I'll tell you what, Indiana plays at Rutgers on Saturday. We haven't beat Rutgers since Trace Jackson Davis was here. Am I worried about us losing the, that, that game? Absolutely. I'm more worried about us losing the Rutgers game than I was the North Carolina game, and I'm not even exaggerating. I am legit not exaggerating. After we play Rutgers, we play Nebraska, and then we play Kansas and Arizona, Arizona coming first, and then two more cupcakes, and then we're on to Big Ten play. So Indiana is a top-five team in the best country and the best well yeah in the best country with the best college basketball stadium in the country atmosphere wise let me know your guys' thoughts and let me know what C you think IU is going to get in the March Madness tournament I appreciate each and every one of you guys for hopping on the show today I will catch you next time make sure you're following our social medias I'll see you tomorrow hopefully after US dub in the World Cup peace out y'all